Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Jay Harvey. Glad to be back, Jim. Jay, so glad to see you. And we here at Viewpoint have launched into a new series called Saints and Heroes on the premise that the world is changing around us so rapidly. I mean, just think about it, the technology as well as the headlines. In a world like that, sometimes we're tempted to think, man, nobody's lived like I've lived. Nobody's had the challenges I've had to face. Right. And yet, truth be told, in history, every generation has its challenges. They may be different than ours, but there's still some tough moments for everybody. Can I find somebody who's gone before me that might have some tips, some cues that'll help me be the man God made me to be and make the world like God hopes it will be? Right. So we're talking about saints and heroes. Okay, so fill in the blank, Jay. Yes. I'm going to say the word saint, and then and you're going to fill in the blank. Like, give me the name of a saint. Ready? Here we go. Saint. Saint Mother Teresa. No. Um, <laughs> well, saint, uh, Drew Brees. Um, <laughs> sa- well, I don't know. Oh, come on. Well, Drew Brees and Mother Teresa are not generally lopped into the same I know. category, but they, they might each have their way uh, forward to heaven. But when we hear the name Saint. It's it's like a title, like right. King somebody or General so and so. And we think of Saint Luke or Saint Boniface or I mean there's all kinds of saints. There are thousands of people who have that kind of moniker, Saint. Right. There's an ancient uh, stream in history that recognizes people, especially within the Christian world, as living in such a way that they become saints. So if I were to ask you to define a saint, what would you say? Ah, um, that's easier. Someone who is not around anymore and is known for doing something good. Well, that's a great popular definition. Mm -hmm. Uh, And truth be told, for many of us, when we hear the term saint, we hear that as a title. That's what we think of. Someone who's not alive anymore Mm -hmm. and someone who did something good. In the Bible, actually, anyone who is living in a righteous way, cleansed by the blood of Christ, Mm -hmm. who's embraced Jesus as Lord... That person, even in the present tense, still alive, is a saint. Okay. And so if that's true, Jim, we're all saints. I yes, I need to excuse myself and get home and tell my wife that I am a saint because she heretofore hadn't got the message. She didn't get that memo. <laughs> well, this idea of sainthood being something you have to wait till you die to receive is not right. necessarily grounded in Scripture, right. but it does acknowledge something really important, and that is there are people in generations before us who have lived in extraordinary ways that we still learn from them, mm-hmm. and we still are inspired by them mm-hmm. and still dared by them. In fact, in the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, because we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, which talks about these people who have gone on before us, who have lived in a righteous way, who have been embraced by Jesus, who have practiced the way of Jesus. And so when we talk about saints and heroes, we're not here to uh, venerate them or to worship them or to make them all that. We're here simply to acknowledge they lived well, and they lived in a way that changed the world for the good. And I think I could use some good new models because, hey, in the world around me, there are some fine people, but every now and then I stumble into someone I wouldn't say is a saint. There you go. So let's find some. And to find some saints, to just make this you know, grounded in something, we've been looking at the calendar of the Church of England. Right. That's the, the mother of what's called the Anglican Communion. It's the largest body of Protestants in the world. They have a calendar, like many churches do, that identifies certain days as days to particularly remember great stories. 
The Roman Catholics have a calendar with all kinds of saints that they have recognized. The Orthodox churches have calendars that recognize saints they have recognized. The Anglicans and the Lutherans and some others have calendars that recognize saints. Sometimes the saints that are recognized on those calendars are the same on the same day across all of those disciplines. Mm -hmm. And today we've got one of those. Fascinating guy, somebody that we don't often think about unless we have roots in Scandinavia. Mm. His name is Angsgar. Jay Harvey. Yes. Angsgar. Yes. It's just this guy is so so amazing he just has one name. Yeah, I, I like that right <laughs> of off the bat. Uh, actually, he probably has some more names, but we all know him. We all know him. Anyone who's heard of him knows him by this one name, Angskar. Angskar. And he is thought to have been born in France and in living much of his adult life in part of Germany. But he's famous for the way in which he was visiting and changing the world of Scandinavia, especially Denmark and Sweden. Yeah. So just out of the blue, tell me what year he was born. What do you think? Um, 800 and something. 801. 801, I was close. There you go. You're very close. And he died in that same century. Right. And uh, he lived long and well and had a very eventful life. So he was born into a very noble family. Okay. So he's got wealth and means. He's a very up, upper class. Okay. But then as a young man, he has an intersection with Jesus. He, mm. he has heard about Jesus. He lived in a world that was just transitioning uh, into kind of a Christian majority culture. When he was born, mm. it wasn't so much. But during his lifetime, that part of France and Germany became more and more Christian. And as he became a young man, he decided, I'm casting my lot with the Jesus guy. Yeah. <laughs> but as that happened, he decides, you know what, I'm not sure that I should have all these possessions. So he kind of unloads his wealth mm. and uh, becomes somebody who lives in a very modest way. And he becomes an advocate for the poor. He sees following Jesus as becoming an advocate for the poor. But he also... He also has these visions from God. He thinks God's talking to him. What is God telling him? Well, from what I can gather from the story, which is fascinating, is that he is to be uh, God's missionary to take Christianity to a place that I probably wouldn't have want, wanted to do. And, and God was telling him to go and invade the Viking culture. Vikings. <laughs> have you ever watched that uh, miniseries, Vikings? I have. I mean, I'm telling you, I got hooked onto it while I was on a plane flying to Cote d'Ivoire, and I wrote, I watched eight <laughs> episodes on Air France, and then I came home and said, I've got to get more. Right. And it's rooted a little bit in history, a lot of fictional stuff too, but uh, it tells the story of Vikings and their evolution as mm. a pagan culture, pretty rough, uh, into a culture that intersects with Christians in Europe. And actually, that Viking story is largely fiction. The story of Angskar is history. Right. It's very well documented. Angskar goes from northern Germany right. into what we now call Denmark mm -hmm. and also into Sweden. And he there begins to tell people about Jesus and about practicing the way of Jesus, which is not the way of the Vikings. Right, not <laughs> at the, all. The Vikings weren't famous for all their grace and gentility, were they? No, no, <laughs> they, no they were not. They were famous for you know getting yes. their way by the brute of force. Mm -hmm. And they were feared and they enjoyed their reputation. And here he is walking into town saying, hey, there's a different way. I mean, mm, yeah, he had to I, yeah. have a lot of courage. That's right. That's right. As he does this, he makes inroads. He befriends the local potentates, and there's some local kings that are persuaded by his 
his self-confidence mm-hmm. and his courage. You know, there's something about that when you are, by the world's measure, vulnerable, but you stand tall and you don't bend. And uh, these guys were, were used to people who would run away from them. And he right. said, no, I'm not running away from you right. because I serve a God who's greater than you are. Mm-hmm. And that persuaded uh, some local kings to embrace him. Christianity begins to take root. But here's the part of the story that's wild. Yeah. When those kings died, the ones that favored him, the next generation said, you're out of here, guy. Yeah. We're not having that. Right. We want to live on the wild side. Mm-hmm. And so after all of his work and all the risk assumed, they burned down the church buildings. They destroyed the schools he set up. They just completely eradicated mm-hmm. all of his work. And he fled back to Bremen in Germany and to Hamburg, where he had been based. That seems like the logical thing to do, well, to flood, well. you know, to go back. I tried. I gave it my best shot, uh, Lord. And, you know, you saw what happened. So, but I think there's more. There is more. And that's <laughs> why he's probably recognized all these centuries on, mm. on the 3rd of February, across all of these Christian family calendars as an outstanding guy. Because while I might have just said, well, I gave it a good shot. It didn't work. You know what? I, I sowed a seed. Maybe it'll come back someday. This guy says, no. I'm going to go back. Mm. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to re-ground myself. But there's no way, as long as I have a breath of life, that I will not see those people follow Jesus. Mm. (laughs) I'm just thinking, seriously? Right. Vikings? A new generation of Vikings who are saying, there's no way. We've heard what you have to give, and we're not buying it. You're going to go back there? Mm. That's what happens. And when he goes back, they then say, there is something about the Jesus you serve that is above all other gods we're in. And from that second missionary tour, Scandinavia, what we now would call Norway and Sweden and Denmark and Finland, and then Iceland, which was settled by Vikings and so on, and even onto Greenland, all of it developed a strong, deep Christian root because this one guy would not give up. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. And, and what, what I get from this on a, on a different level is no matter what the barrier is, uh, whether it's new or old or has come full circle, there's something about God's creation that longs for truth and hope. And sometimes we have to break through those barriers uh, when everyone else says it's, it's hopeless. When God won't let you rest, when he's given you uh, a mission, then it's important, and we can't give up. There was something about that in, in his life that said, no, these people have a rough exterior, but I know that, like everyone else, they long for the living hope, which is in Christ. And he had to love them. Absolutely. There's a text in the New Testament that speaks exactly to this life of Angskar, it seems to me. The Apostle Paul, who knew something about opposition and about being driven out of town, yes, the same guy wrote famously a letter to the church in Galatia, and uh, this is in the first century. These are words he wrote in what we call Galatians chapter 6, beginning with verse 4. What does he say there, Jay? Jim, he says, pay careful attention to your, to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. 
Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. It's a jam-packed little lesson from yes, the Galatian is. letter that just speaks to me about Angsgar. You know, what I find, Jim, just right off the bat here to apply to my own personal life is right uh, in verse 4. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. I look around <laughs> all the time and try to compare uh, what I'm doing to someone else or, or get justification for it. And while I strongly believe in the body of Christ and working together, sometimes it's only you that knows that God is calling you to do something very specific. And we've got to do that without trying to compare ourselves to others. And don't allow the world to measure the success of your life. That's right. By looking around at others who may receive applause or financial reward that you don't have. Right. It doesn't mean you're not successful and you're not doing what God wants you to do. Angsgar had to be a guy who was yeah. not being driven by what the crowd said because they'd say, you're an idiot. Right. Stay home. But he couldn't resist going back and loving those people. So mm. yes, you're exactly right. Paying attention to what you are called to do and to your own work and stop trying to compare yourself to everyone else. Right. The other thing that just is so obvious is don't grow weary in your well-doing. Yes. I mean, don't give up. Don't surrender. We too often don't see miracles. We don't see great things achieved because we're prone to just lay down and give up because it was too hard. Uh, it wasn't received well in my first pass. Whatever it is, we, mm -hmm. we have an obstacle, and then we just decide, well, that's over. And when you have a call of God in your life, when there's something inside of you that is pushing you forward, don't ever give up. Let God use you. And again, the world around you may not recognize or see it, but you have to be true to the work that God has called you to do. And the Lord will honor that. Mm -hmm. How about this? Are you struck by the way in which God still spoke to Angsgar? It's, it's not just in the New Testament. Right. But this is a man who believed God spoke to him. Just like Paul speaks through the Scripture to us, mm -hmm. he saw God speaking to him. Yes. And you know what? Sometimes we don't hear the voice of God because we don't imagine that he would speak to us. Right. But I don't think there's anyone that he won't speak to if you'll listen. That's right. That's right. I, I think especially the way you open the program with, with the culture in which we live is not conducive to hearing God speak. And so in 2020, I bought each of my kids, a couple of them that are grown, one is still in, in school, a book and said, Happy New Year, wrote on the inside of the flap, Happy New Year, spend some time reading uh, about other cultures and how God works in other areas, and take your mind off of all the busyness of this life. And I think when we do that, sometimes God uses those opportunities to speak to us if we just make room and allow it to happen. So we'll see. That's right. And it also speaks to, in other cultures, there are people made in the image of God too and you just need to do good to everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul says uh, to the Galatians, and that's what Angsgar did. And in the end, he had a dream, a very big dream, and no dream of God can be achieved easily, mm -hmm. and it always will require work. But the work of achieving God's dream is often found in simply doing good to everyone. Yeah. I have to believe that Angsgar won over the Vikings 
because he did good. He walked into town and he did things that were helpful. He wasn't just standing by the side watching them struggle or do their own thing. He was helping and he was alongside and he was making the world better, doing good to everyone. It is the word of Jesus. It's the way of Jesus. Mm. Angsgar changed the world. I'm trying to think about my own life. Is there anything that I'm doing that anyone would look back on next year, let alone <laughs> centuries from now, and say, wow, that was really worthwhile. Right. But it could be. Yeah. Angsgar, he's still celebrated. The mm. 3rd of February every year is the day set aside on many Christian calendars to remember this great man of God. How about you? Whatever your life is like, whatever your world is like, you can make a difference too. Yes. Next year, someone could look back and name your name and say, there's something, there's someone I want to celebrate. How do you get there? Surrender your life to Jesus. Listen for his voice and do what he says. And you'll find that you, like Ainsgar, may actually change the world. How do you get started? Well, just, just pray with us right now. You can take a deep breath and join us in this prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your son Jesus who has come into this world whose spirit strives within us and right now is in this prayer. And for everyone who's joined us in this prayer, I pray that your Holy Spirit will right now be in the deepest reach of their being, speaking and calling. We surrender our lives into your hands, Lord. We know that we are not worthy and we are not able of our own power or self to be accepted by you or to do what you want us to do. But Lord, as we admit our sin to you and accept the covering of Jesus' blood, his work on the cross for us, and are made born again, fresh and new in you, then we can do great things. And Lord, I pray that in this year 2020, we will be surrendered to you and hear your voice and do great things. Thank you for the witness of Angskar. Thank you for the legacy that he left over centuries, still inspiring us. And I pray that in the year 2021, there will be people who look at us and say, they did good for Jesus' sake, and the world is better. May that be our story. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jay Harvey. Yes. Pull up that next season of Vikings and uh, see what can happen. What a story. There we go. Thanks for coming alongside. Thanks for having me. And thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we once more visit the story of a saint and a hero who can dare us and challenge us and, well, inspire us. Until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.